Thank you so much for coming and being with us, Jake. Um, we are impressed with the ukuleles you brought to share with us. And you're building up there in Canada. What part? Alberta. Alberta. Just north of a, a place called Calgary. Heard of that place. It's where the world's largest outdoor shores. Um, Calgary, Alberta. Calgary Stampede. Outdoor what? It's the largest outdoor show in the world. Oh, outdoor wow. show. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So Lots of cowboys. <laughs> how much people like come to the show annually? Hmm. Boy, that I don't know. But um, they're doing a count. I think I remember something like 150,000 people a day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> to the show. So it's a, yeah, it's a huge event. Mostly based on cowboy stuff. Okay. But we've had everybody from, you know, every cowboy from the world, including Hawaiian cowboys, Paniolo, Paniolo. represented at the Calgary Stampede. Awesome. That must be something to see. I mean, it must be a great experience to be able to attend something like that. It's impressive. Right on. We got to go there. You guys got to (laughs) come. You're impressive. (laughs) (laughs) thank you you can play can i play yeah man so what are you guitarist originally and guitarist five-string banjo originally Uh, in my teens i held the canadian five-string banjo championship nice awesome i'm not a teenager anymore (laughs) (laughs) how was it though like in that composition uh competition in the competition it's pretty steep it's like any other kind of a competition where you need to present three different types of tunes oh wow um so you you play a a jig a reel and a breakdown and a breakdown would sound something like on the banjo something like foggy mountain breakdown So that's banjo on the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Pretty convincing. Awesome. So was there like multiple rounds um, yes. that you had to go through? So you want to be able to have at least, you know, at least nine tunes to present because there's usually three rounds of competition. Wow. And then they all go into a finalist in the age category. So I was under 18. So I went in the open under 18 class and then... The last time I held it, I was 18. Wow. That's awesome. It's like, I don't think any of us here at the ukulele side can say we're like a real banjo player at all. <laughs> we, we can kind of fake like bluegrass on the ukulele, but not none of us are actually trained. But that's really, really awesome. And then um, when was it that you discovered the ukulele and decided that you wanted to start building? Wow. Well... Mom and Dad brought me back an ukulele from actually Leolani. Oh, awesome. And um, it was a soprano, so I've got big fat fingers, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a little bit of a challenge, but I learned how to play it. And then, of course, that got me involved with some of the builders here. And uh, Mr. Kamaka was the first one that I went to see and only to pay homage to the ukulele. 
So mm. I took my ukulele to the factory and he offered me a job. Of course, we couldn't take it because housing wasn't included. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want a job. I just wanted to, you know, express my my love for this instrument to him. So he said, you keep building. He said, you build fine. So that was the first one. That was almost um, 10 years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So I've built, I think, in the neighborhood of 25 different ukuleles <laughs> since, since okay. then. But I also build other instruments. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of what I want to focus on. and um, I want to learn the culture of this instrument, you know? Yeah. You you always struck me as like really generous, kind-hearted. You you brought me gifts last time you visited Hawaii. Hi. This is the first time you brought your instruments, but I mean, it's obvious that you operate from a place of aloha and really put your heart and uh, soul into your building. We have to. Yeah, we have to. So what are some of the concepts that went into uh, a tenor like this? A tenor like this? I build in the traditional Spanish style, so I use an integral heel. And the reason I started using my first name for my company name, Manly, is of course because of these big fingers. (laughs) So my fingerboards are a little bit wider than normal and um, built for Manly hands, I guess. What's what's the uh, nut width at? One and a half inches. Nice. Yep. And the spread at the 12th fret is two inches. Nice. Yeah, so Super you get a cool. really wide spread. Wide spread. And you know this comes from classical playing. Mm. Most of the ukuleles that I've played, um, only a couple have had the width that I liked. And you know, playing literally thousands of ukuleles dragging my family from ukulele store to ukulele store (laughs) including the ukulele site um just being blown away by all of the creativeness that is here in hawaii this is where the ukulele started um so of course i came to study here and the more i played it kind of formed in my mind what i wanted to build as a builder so i went home I was building a guitar for a friend, a classical guitar, and all the scraps from that guitar I used to build my first ukulele in the specs that I thought would fit my hand, and it was a good recipe. The instrument's not pretty. Um, I used lacquer. I didn't use any pore filler, so it's a very open instrument Mm -hmm. and light. And I built it out of uh, Sapelli cedar top, red cedar top, so it's really punchy. But the sapelli gives it this nice warm feeling. And I use snake wood for the um, fingerboard in the bridge. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I noticed with snake wood, you can get some really, really nice color and contrast to the yes. other woods that's used to build the instrument. Yes. This piece of snake wood looks just like a piece of gaboon ebony. Oh, wow. It's super black. It had a very small little black, brown, orange streak through it. Yeah. And um, once I sanded it, that kind of disappeared. Oh, no. Wow. So it was only a very small little line that was on the top of the fingerboard. Mm. It's pretty much black. <laughs> okay. You still have that one? I still have that one. Nice. Yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. First one is like... First one. Yeah, yeah. First one is more special. And my neck is a, a little chunkier than the ones I'm building now, for sure. Mm. Uh, like more of that baseball bat feel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> not quite baseball, yeah, bat, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but enough to f- fill your your hand up. Yes, <laughs> yeah, your hand is full for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey Zach, do you have your phone on you? Uh, yeah. Like I'll I'll put this up on the screen, but Jake was showing me this piece of spruce that oh, he this has. This is crazy. This is spruce. Yes. Right? You call that rainbow spruce? Well, that's what the Whoa. mill is calling it. So what happened was they cut this tree down, 150 feet tall, six feet in diameter, Sitka spruce. And when they cut it, you know, they started cutting it for their own purposes, not for instrument purposes. So they cut the log right in half, Uh which is not the way uh, a luthier would cut that log. And the 
inner core of it was full of carpenter ants. So this color comes from their excrement. The tree was still alive. Wow. So because they're in the heart of the tree, living in mm. all these tunnels, um, all of their feces caused the wood to go that color. It's just amazing. Yeah, that's interesting. That's <laughs> and the top, you know, when you top... There's got to be a prettier way to say it. <laughs> top, well, there has to be. See what shit can do? <laughs> well, you could say that. <laughs> or you can just say the uh, ants caused it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ants caused the coloring. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's pretty cool. That's I never see, really you know is. like when you look towards the sides you can kind of see you know the the verticalness but like when you look at the center of this piece it's like I don't think I would ever guess the spruce it's such no. a trippy trippy thing. No. So what you're seeing there is book notched. Mm -hmm. The whole instrument is going to be made of spruce. Nice. Top, oh. sides, back and neck. Oh. Yeah, I've built um two solid spruce ones now. Nice. Um, the first one was a concert scale length with a soprano body. And I monitored them very close, you know, because luthiers don't like to build everything out of spruce. Yeah, well, what was your top. thoughts with that? I mean... Well, all my other luthier friends were saying, no, you shouldn't do this because, like, in a year it's going to do all of this. It hasn't moved. The lady has had it for two years now. It hasn't moved. And the tone that comes out of it is amazing. Yeah, that, that would be my thought more than there being issues with stability is um, just, you know, in terms of not having that contrast that a lot of people look for with a hardwood, right? you know, coupled with it. But yeah, I mean, there's been some, remember the Maui music that was all cedar? That was interesting. And then Pops has been building some of his with all spruce. No. Yes. So the supplier that Pops uses is the same supplier or I'm getting my spruce. Do you, do you describe it as bright uh, as far as the sound? Yes. Yeah. So like you wouldn't probably say warm with an all spruce. No. <laughs> Although um, it's not as bright as the Cala thin line. Oh, right. Because, yeah, the thin line is extra. Yeah. Yeah. So even, even though it's bright, uh -huh. it's more like the treble on, on this this cool one um however this lady put a low g on it and it's the low g is pretty warm right right it, you mm -hmm. kind of you spruce takes what you give it and it just like makes it a nice clear yeah. sound <laughs> yeah. yeah but i'll tell you what about spruce the all spruce is louder than any other instrument I've oh played. i bet it's like violins right aren't yep. violins like all spruce just the tops the, maple the top. maple oh not see maple is very <laughs> bright too right right right, right. yeah yeah, I would think there would be some absorption happening more. I mean, it's like ebony or maple. They're really hard, so they're reflecting it back more. Yes. But I would think you would get have like issues more um, with all spruce. But, you know, with anything, it's like how you do it. And if you have somebody paying attention to all the tapping it and getting the sounds you, you want, then I bet it sounds great. Yeah, I top everything that uh, I build. And I try to tune my instruments, too. Um, I use a tuning method very similar to the way a steel drum builder would build his drums. I can get pretty good isolation on upper, lower bouts, especially with the guitars I build. Um, the ukuleles, pretty close to a G note. Pretty close? Pretty close. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, things vary, right? The more you add mass on. Right. So I would tune the top, bottom boat, the octave would be a G, and then I can get a C in here. Um, but once you glue everything together, you know, right? It, you, you just hope it stays yeah. there. But when you're talking about just the top piece before the bridge is glued on or even after that? Before the bridge is glued on. Just, just that alone, you yep. can get that many different... So you can hold the top... Uh -huh. Tap it. It's where you place your fingers on that top for tapping is the same way you work a string harmonically. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think of that piece of wood as a string mm -hmm. and you're tapping it, you're going to get that same placement for harmonics. So if you grab a long piece of wood right in the middle, you're going to get the octave. If you grab it at the end where your fifth fret is, you get the lower note 
because there's more more wood, right? Wow. Now you flip that wood around and you tap it on its side and you're going to get a different note again because of the mass on the side. Trippy. And are you doing this by ear like to match the note? Like you would say like you almost hum it or is there like a, a tuning method actual? Uh... It's kind of the same method that you would use for kalimba or xylophone, uh-huh. wooden staves. Yeah. So you get a close note and uh, then when you take away mass, uh, the note gets higher. Trippy. So you always make your stave a little heavier than the note you're going to go to so you can take away mass to tune it how how does that relationship work with the back with the back the same way i tune the backs too of course the sides i can't tune i listen that they're gonna you know produce a good tone when i tap it but i don't necessarily tune them but the back i tune as well so the back i tune to a harmony note so if i'm um, depending on the size I'm building, I might pick a different note, but always within that C chord. Mm. So E, A, you know, you could tune to a sixth. I don't know how far some other luthiers are going with the tuning of their instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is in Koa, and you chose to do the one piece, which yes. is pretty cool in the tenor size you don't often see pieces that large necessarily too you know but um it also has that kind of vintage one piece absolutely and that's what inspired me you know the early instruments the top and back are book matched you know they're from the same piece you could have had a book matched top and a book matched back with that i could have split these pieces and had yeah top and back but I wanted to go for that vintage look, you know, Nunez. Mm-hmm. They were a lot, a lot of them were one-piece tops. I thought this had a really warm tone. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us another song on Ooh, that? That sounds good in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure it. The you know it's the, it's the kind of people that like don't play in front of you. You know that like they're just. I mean they're humble enough to be on that level. <laughs> like Jake, beautiful oh, man. Thank really you. Beautiful awesome. Thing. Thank you. But yeah, I mean like um, I hadn't heard you play until we just started this. Uh, started setting up for this podcast. And I'm just like, dang. <laughs> really yeah, Andrew's great. like, I don't know if we should. <laughs> no, I'm just. I, you know, it's like. We'd yeah, ta- you don't know. We talked before, and and you hadn't like played in front of me, you know. Um, and it's true. I got two great players here, so I'm just like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> These guys you are sit great down, players. and it's just like, dang. Uh, now we don't have to do the sound tapas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, it's so nice to meet you know people from around the world that that are playing ukulele on this level and you're building and playing on this level so big props to you and I'm, you. I'm super glad that we featured you thank you andrew thank you and um play some more yes <laughs> please please okay i'll play this mom and pops tune it's called the lmn strut so you guys remember the coffee commercial yeah. nescafe 
Fingers move fast for them big fingers. Manly fingers. Manly fingers. <laughs> Thank you. The fastest manly fingers I've seen. That must Very be a, awesome. Do you play high G as well? Yes. Uh, but do you have to like flip your whole thinking or at all? Uh, no, you know what? It's all the same to me. So all of genius, these instruments dude. are all the same. <laughs> really, fretted instruments. So all you have to do is get the tuning in your head. Yeah. And then just figure out the fingering where the chords are so that's something i've been doing all my life i'm a multi-instrumentalist all right so you have a relationship just with uh, the understanding of yeah where you're where I'm you're just, at exactly yeah yeah but having that high g now like i from uh myself i always feel like i i want the lower note there so mm. uh, anytime yeah. you think of the c stream being your only uh bass note or, you know it's just so weird going for the root on the top but you get the octave higher so like i feel like that's always a struggle but uh yeah but the way you, the way you said it you just you got to get to know it <laughs> that's it yeah. that's yeah. it and that thumb work from going from g to c while you're playing the melody on the the e and the a strings yeah that's too. a classical kind of, technique yeah, yeah that's yeah. super cool it kind of reminds me of like um what tommy emmanuel and chet atkins did yes on their guitars it's that's the really same cool. thing Awesome. Yeah, it's the same thing. And you, also your left hand. I noticed too when you're doing all those quick runs. A lot of our viewers are probably they're probably going to miss this unless I mention it. You keep your left hand really close to the fretboard so that your the timing between your hands being off and coming back down um, is much shorter, so you can get to those notes quicker. Exactly. It's yeah, all ergonomic. No wasted movement. Yeah. yeah. So I call that lazy guitar playing. Oh no, that's efficient guitar. Efficient <laughs> because. I, I, I want to get to that place the easiest way yeah. I can yeah. without interfering with any other notes. Yeah, and a lot of people, like especially like brand new ukulele players or people who are trying to figure out, you know, how can I play more efficiently? That's a that's a really good tip. Like watch how he's playing. Keep those fingers <laughs> close. Rewind. Tight. Hey, um I I'm going to listen to this when I get a when I get a chance. You just handed me this uh CD called manly ukulele manly and ukulele. is this online too <laughs> yes on my website but not so, online so yet. to download or no they can not get yet. the hard okay yeah it's coming all right we'll look out for that man it's like a like i feel like you're a hero now for me just because i always dreamt about making my own guitar and then writing the music on the guitar that you made and then recording it you know it's like the full it's the that's full scope what I did. yeah that's 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 so awesome now, did you plant the tree that no <laughs> i'm not old enough i know right yeah. oh that's so awesome man but um so great yeah maybe maybe we can get another song a uh, song on that in the if we have time, but I don't, I don't want to, I know you have a, a plane to catch too. And I want to feature another instrument that you brought us. And if you can, um, kind of go into the concept of, of that one, cause it's so kind of it. entirely different. Okay. Oh. Rahel. Rahel. Uh, one of the original instruments that came over, Cavaquinho. 
Oh, yeah. Rahel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rahel was a five-string mm. tenor-sized instrument. Like tipple? Not a tipple. But it was a... Did you say ten-string? Five. Oh, five-string. Yeah. Five separate strings. Very similar to a five-string banjo, except the full-length string on the outside, and tuned very similar because it was re-entrant. So high, low to high, but separate five strings. And you could get that kind of something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah. But just depending on what you want to play. Yeah. Just do you use it for something like more attack or just like more lead line type? More attack, more lead lines. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I like to use a, a two mil. Which one? A two mil. Something big. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice and thick. Something big and fat. Ah. <laughs> Think oh, you and Corey could have a, a chat about picks. <laughs> well, he uses mandolin picks on his uke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And sometimes finger picks. Like okay. banjo picks. Mm-hmm. Um, on the CD that I gave to Andrew, there's a lot of different techniques there. And I um, gathered up a lot of different instruments. I kind of took a slice through ukulele history since it arrived in Hawaii. Listened a lot. Um, I love the old time stuff. You know, like. stuff yeah um like driving almost yeah like almost dixieland frantic stuff to like the stuff that you guys play the nahi nahi stuff Mm. to um i'm just looking at the back of your cd here um i want to hear your your rendition of uh somewhere over the rainbow sometime but you know besame mucho besame mucho I remember, I think Lyle Ritz did that song. Yeah. I don't know if you heard his, but I love that song. Yeah, yeah. Besame Mucho. There are lots of good stuff on here. I can't wait to listen. Yeah, I normally sing it when I do a concert now. And um, this was heavily produced on this CD. I used two main ukuleles on it for um, the soloing. And then a whole bunch of percussion. I did all my own percussion. Did you use manly ukes? Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I could do Somewhere Over the Rainbow on this.
Ah. Woo. Yeah, I'm not used to playing this. I'm not used to eight strings. I apologize. No, that was quite the ride. Um, you want me to try it again? Or have you got enough, you think? Oh, I mean, I, I, I like that. So if you're going to play something else, I say keep going, but maybe something else. Okay. I lost my train of thought because I'm fighting with the action a little bit. With the what? Um, action? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was... Um, I was thinking that when I played that one, I was like just a little bit lower on the nut slots, which it has room to go, and a, the saddles has room to come down too. It does. And then it would be perfect, and it it it's like what we're we've been selling with the um, Pono O, um, the octave mandolin. Yeah, the octave mandolin. Yeah. yeah. But so in that the, was my inspiration. But this is in Do a you have one? tenor. No. Oh, you just saw it. I heard it and stuff. Yeah, Kenneth McCool, Kenny. Oh yeah, Ken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you see at, this right here at your new store. This yeah, he um, gonna be like a tenor version of that, but uh, I don't know why this doesn't have strings right now. I remember when Ken walked in because I was there in the shop in town, and he saw that and it was just like, "What is it?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just like, and he, and he's a he has a lot of instruments and you know he likes different things and he's a super talented player as well but as soon as he heard that and strummed it he was just like he basically told me put it on the side <laughs> and he got it <laughs> okay I'll play you something that I can play on this <laughs> this is embarrassing here's that Chad Atkins thing harder for your manly fingers with this instrument technically, right? <laughs> yes yeah, it, yeah. it needs to be set up and and you know whoever buys this it it, it will help if you're you know a manly person as <laughs> you well. have to be manly yes enough. especially with the steel string because if you're not used yeah. to it your fingers will get mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yeah. you gotta be steel string players you want to have that sound yeah so i'll be honest guys i've turned into a wuss <laughs> since you know joining the ukulele realm because I love <laughs> nylon strings and, Corey um, why don't you sit next to even my left. steel string guitar I don't play much anymore yeah just uh but sometimes do you, you still dabble just cause you want the steel sound yeah so I really want one of these um and I gotta spend some time with it I haven't spent any time with it you guys know how it is you, yeah. you need to spend that time with the instrument you in get to know to it yeah, get it under you, your. You fingers. find that certain things sound way, you know, maybe much better than on another instrument. Yes. So you start kind of yeah. like catering to what it brings to you. Exactly. <laughs> so when I saw Kenneth play your um, octave mandolin, I was totally blown away by the sound. Yeah. Um, and Andrew was kind enough to give me um, the guy's name where I could get one for wholesale. He said he, you know, just talk to him. And you can have one for also oh, Kylan. We were yes, and we were leaving like two days later. There was we just didn't have room, so it didn't happen. So I decided, okay, I like the tenor size better. I don't like the octave oh, scale. Oh, that's so funny. That's how that happened. You guys totally inspired me to go home and build this. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like serious. <laughs> you so, bugger. That's mm. awesome. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, and how long did it take? Um, this was about 
two and a half months alongside my student that I'm See this depth right here? This is what I was talk telling um, the guys at Kala they could easily do by just changing the depth of your size, you know? Yes. Without, um, you know, getting full on arched back and all that, but you get the comfort. Yes. Is that why you chose that more shallow depth? That's exactly why I chose that. Yeah. And it kind of lends itself to that bright sound you're going to get with like a steel eight too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Real immediate response. Awesome. And is your bracing have to be totally different because of the tension? Yes. This one's X braced. Okay. Um, it's not scalloped. Those are total braces all the way through. It would be nice to try a scalloped one just to see what tonality it would make difference. It'd also be nice to do a double X um, and do a double puka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in my head, too. That's almost getting to, like, lattice bracing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very You similar. know, there's a, a builder in Canada, Louis Mesquita, I think. How's, how are you? LFDM. And um, you guys remember what part of Canada he's in? I don't know. I know Forget it's a little Lent probably. I think Lent <laughs> in the he's Toronto times side. Just, uh, what is that? That sounds right in Toronto. Yeah. But um, fantastic builder. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see, I'd like to get more tenors from you too in different woods. Because like that um, eight string there, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't show up that great on, in um, the cameras or whatever. But, uh, but um, it's got really nice bear claw. You know, like a, it really like I bet you got tons of amazing spruce up where you are and all kinds of other, you know, like all of these tone woods, you know. Absolutely. And the spalted maple, I have um, some more of this too. Even the sides of maple as well? Sides, back, and neck are all oh, spalted maple. That is some nice gorgeous figure. cuts of wood. Yeah. Cuts of woods, now, I should say. There is some Hawaiian wood on here. The um, centerpieces, the two dark woods, is pheasant wood. Mm. And um, the binding is koa. And the head plate is koa. And the bridge plate is koa. Oh, trippy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> sure doesn't use maple or rosewood, but there's nothing wrong with koa. It's, <laughs> it's pretty stable wood. Oh yeah, for sure. It can vary too. Like some pieces are pretty dense. They'll get absolutely. Close to, yeah. This was dense stuff. Right. It was very hard to sand. Yeah. Very similar to what what you get from a maple piece or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna be putting putting these tenors up on our website, so. uh We'll also do some more sound samples, but man, I, I want to get another song with you on the four-string uh, regular tenor before before you guys have to head out too. Okay. So I'm now tuned F, C, F, F, G, G. <laughs> Good ears. People in Canada and people in Hawaii like that's my favorite. Share like a common kind of like I don't know. What kind I, of tuning? Lots is of ki kind people. Manly you know? tuning. It's an F. Oh, it's a manly tuning. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to do is just untune it and find something that sounds good and then noodle around. Yes. <laughs> is that what happened with this, or you were, you knew uh, no, actually, how to get the? F? This is called sawmill tuning on the five string banjo. So you've heard of frailing. Uh-uh. Yeah, frailing yeah. is mostly done on an open G, but you can frail. It's a banjo technique. And the way it works is you pluck with the back of your finger, strum. Now you really need a re-entrant tuning for this. And the thumb hits the, the four strings. So you have this kind of motion. Pick it. 
called Soldier's Joy. This is a bluegrass tune. His fingers down. That was super cool. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. That was insane. Danger yeah. on the ukulele. Very nice. I so, uh, what's the name it. of the the tuning again? Or um, style? Or frailing. 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 Yeah. How would you compare that with like a claw hammer type of a technique? Similar. Very mm. similar. Yes. What's the that difference motion. between that and a claw hammer technique? Frailing and claw hammer are pretty much the same. Although with claw hammer and something else called drop thumb, you can get way more melody out of the instrument and sound, you know, more melodic rather than just strumming it. And then, of course, this tuning lends itself to that. Yeah. It's kind of like kihualu. It's open tuning stuff. Yeah. It's my favorite. Me too. Just the, the, the notes just sing and everything is vibrating, so you kind of have that constant... Uh, uh, like thing that's kind of backing up everything. You can kind else. of catch your breath with it open too, yeah. you know, and kind of find yes. where you want to go. But you Absolutely. let it breathe with. Uh, this is also one of my favorite tunings for playing stuff like uh, Arabic stuff. Mm. Well, what mode is that? What mode is that called? Have you ever played a fretless you? Oh, I should get him to try to do our sound sample. I'm like, somebody's got to do a good sound sample. You should try that song on the, on the fretless Bohannum. <laughs> do we fretless? get that? Yeah. <laughs> we do. I mean. Oh, this is, this is crazy. Man. I might cut this out. But. <laughs> it's almost ridiculous how on point you have to be because you just like move the angle and the whole thing's different. It's like if you could strum a violin like like an let's tune like an ukulele. I mean, that's the best explanation. Is it a black Oahu case? F sharp to F sharp to A. Probably just slip. I think we had it at standard, but, no, but it might it might resonate best. Yeah, if it does, yeah, if it sounds good like that, then cool. <laughs>
these strings are not even stretched in. No one could play it more than 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it yet. That was the best I heard it yet. Wow. Holy crap. Such a hard thing to do, but that, I love that sound. That's <laughs> birthday's in May. <laughs> Wait, May? Yeah, as, in, as in already. <laughs> already passed. Oh man. Linda. Oh yeah, this is cool. You shouldn't have shown me this. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so cool. You could tell you really know your instrument when man. when you could pull it off with something like that because you know, like you need to be pretty accurate to really make it sing in the way that you just did. Ooh. So wh where are you finding the sweet spot is? Like just to the left of the, where you see the dot or? Yep. Just just you're basically on it but just to the left like you're just leaning to the left well <laughs> this is a beautiful instrument actually that would that would probably sound that good in that tuning so nice. too huh <laughs> oh yeah because then you could still move the... so are you going to build a fretless now because that's basically a tenor Maybe. body without frets right well, unless you decide to give this to me for my birthday. <laughs> well, it, yeah, actually, I'm just selling that for Bo Hannum, but um, somebody's going to get a super cool instrument. Yep. And if... And um, Pickup ready as well. If anyone's out there feeling generous, I think you should buy it for Jake. I mean, that's my vote. I agree. <laughs> that it should be yours. <laughs> Go fund Jake. <laughs> But um, but yeah, well, what a trip! So, so you have an oud or or spent time playing that before? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you keep it at the uh, F sharp or did you? Oh, you kept it there. So You're right? untuned F sharp. So, open so, now. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Oh man, gotta go get my camel. Yeah, you can get that. <laughs> yeah, the slides are more effective now. You really hear that.
<laughs> so Jake, you, you were saying you teach some too. Do you still do that? I do. And um, so if you guys are in the Canada area. Do you do FaceTime lessons? Hmm? <laughs> I, well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Will. But yeah, one day. Yeah. See, that's going to open up your whole teaching clientele. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be. Uh, we should probably head her. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got to head out. jakepeters.ca and um, manly ukuleles yeah where can uh, our, our listeners get a copy of that CD um, if, if possible right off I, I just gave site. them the address yeah, yeah. there oh, jakepeters.ca oh, sorry, no Jake no no Peters. Peters. and uh, and then look out for these to be listed on the ukulele site soon thank you sir it's quite the honor you are a musical genius and you build a hell of an instrument too so thank you gentlemen uh, all of you thank you Andrew. we thanks expect you to stop by every time you're in town yeah. awesome i will <laughs> all right don't forget manly ukuleles <laughs> yeah